Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Sinker Be Sung. Stay tuned until the end for more information about the giveaway. Enjoy! Welcome to the Sink or Be Sunk podcast. So, as all, there's me, HMS Thunderwolf. We got Helicopter Rescue. Hello, everybody. Feel free to take your time next time. It's okay. We're also <laughs> joined, as always, by Doomlock. Howdy. I realize I said, as always, this is only, what, the third episode? No, fourth. Fourth, third. It's all the same. And for this episode, we're also joined by two guests. We got Sir Venom IK. Oi. Awesome. And we also got Volga the Viking. Greetings. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. I did have a really long introduction where I kind of make fun of all our names, but you know what? Screw it. I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Since the last episode, Panish and DDs. Mm-hmm. How many of us have played them? I've played up to tier five. And, well, as most people will probably tell you, tier five is probably the uh, the real worst of the lot. <laughs> and it is a very difficult ship to play through. Five was fine. Six was the rough. All right, hold on. Let's just get a count here. Venom, how far have you got through the line so far? I'm up. Uh, I'm almost to eight and seven. Almost right. Okay. Volgar, how far have you got? Have you been playing them? I'm currently up to seven, but I actually didn't start until four because I free XP'd up to tier four. Fair enough. Hello? I free XP'd to the seven. Oh, wow. It might be odd by now. I'm on tier three. <laughs> I've grown from tier 1 to tier f- 5 so far. Don't worry. So, I skipped the tier 1. I played the tier 2. I bought the tier 3 and I haven't played it since. So, that's my contribution to the conversation. You guys have fun. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Well, no. We, can't, we can't have you leave yet. Technically, I mean, I've played all of them because before they released, I was testing them. But, uh... That is true. On my own account, I've only played like four through seven. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is I don't know if it shows how many people don't pay attention to news outlets like the portal, the dev blog, Twitch streams, whatever. But the amount of people firing those Dortmundy portal torpedoes at other destroyers is uh, kind of comical. (laughs) There's There's this big movement of calling streamers hackers for dodging those deep water torpedoes when they're in destroyers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe uh, Mijesh got it on his stream the other day where oh, gosh. Got, they dropped the torpedo. You're a hacker, man. There's no way it's streamer buffs. I'm like, dude, it's deep water torpedo. That's the thing. That's the thing that surprised me. It's just like, this is stuff we've known for what? Months. No, it doesn't we've, surprise we've me at all. We've known it for months, but it just kind of 
it makes it very obvious how little people know actually know about the game and its updates. I think it's more along the lines that they don't really don't really care. They assume that when they're playing a destroyer, boom, there you go. I've got torpedoes. I'm three kilometers off this guy. I'm going to drop my torpedoes on him and waste their guns. Yeah. And I see it not just in the Pan-Asian DDs, but I see it in American DDs, Germans, all of them. So I think that's part of it. Part of it might just be, that's what you've done in a DD. Why should this be any different? And you forget that you're actually not going to do anything. I actually used it to my advantage when uh, when they were still in the testing phase. I A couple of times when I had them uh, on my stream, when I first started using them, I had a viewer actually call me out one time because I was firing deep water torpedoes at a destroyer, like you said, from like three to four kilometers away. And they were like, what are you doing? And I said, well, here's the thing. I know they're deep water torpedoes. You know they're deep water torpedoes, but does he... Is he just going to see those torpedo indicators coming and panic and be more paying attention to trying to avoid them than avoiding my gunshots? And then I, I mowed him down with my guns. And he then the viewer was like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're giving away our secrets, Volgar. Don't do that. <laughs> so hold on. As someone that has, let's be honest, not played the line, uh, do the guns get better? Tier 7 is when the guns get real good. Tier 6 is fine. Uh, 5 and 4 are pretty decent on guns, but the Tier 6 is where the guns become the sole purpose of your damage. And then 7 is just... As 7 is a real over-the-top... There's a weird disconnect from 4, 5, and then 6. Because 4 has great guns with, with the, with the uh, really high-velocity 5-inchers, but then you go down to... the whatever whatever the heck you want to call the 120s right there. Eight second reload on destroyer on only 120 millimeter guns. What? It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. But then you go to six and it's the 130s of Anshan, Grammy, Ganevni, the ones you know and love. Right. Those guns are generally good, but the turret traverse on six is so oh, bad yeah. that it makes mm -hmm. it really, really hard. It becomes the epitome of what those line is, is hit your smoke, fire, when that smoke's gone, float around for a little bit, hit your smoke again, and fire it. Yep. Mm. One thing I noticed about the Tier 2, and I believe I said it in the last episode, where it's so low, I'm pretty sure I called it, where I said it was going to be a bitch to hit, and yep, it's a bitch to hit. Yeah, it sits so low in the waterline, yeah. It's so goddamn low. And not only that, but also the Tier 10 is pretty much same characteristic. I've seen quite a few people being rather disappointed when they've got to the tier 8. Kind of complaining about it a little bit. Uh, what kind of surprises me, because that's supposed to be a Benson class, and the guns on the Benson are pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Basically supposed to be Benson. Um, it's, a related, it's a related class, but pretty much basically an improved Benson is all. Yeah. And it has, I think, it has one less gun, I think. I think it has only four. And same torps. Except, you know, deep water. So it's basically a low wing. Everyone's seeing it as, it's just a Benson with deep water. Next. Yeah, fair enough. But Benson's amazing. <laughs> the Benson's awesome. There's very few destroyers I can think of off the top of my head that I enjoy playing more than a Benson. And I'm not really that much of a destroyer guy, but I love playing the Benson. Mainly because I've taken out Fletchers at ease with the Benson, and I shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I tend to lean more toward the Benson than the Fletcher, and I know it's going to piss off a lot of people, but I cut my teeth on Destroyers in the Benson in that first rank season that I did with Tier 8, and it was people like uh, a guy named Silly Putty, a uh, former streamer here, that took me around and said, hey, you're doing this wrong, you need to be playing this way, 
And that really solidified my love for that boat is being able to actually crank out anything. See, I'm, I'm only up to the Farragut on that. But speaking of deep ships having deep water torpedoes, I don't know if it's changed, but isn't the Shimakaze going to have deep water torpedoes for the 20 kilometers? That was a rumor on a dev blog that if you want to buy into that hype, I don't know. It was a post on a Reddit Q&A from Soap Octavian. And uh, it's not just any deep water torpedoes, not like your normal ones. It's the 20 kilometer ones. It's a 20 kilometer ones, but they only hit battleships and carriers. I think they, they make them they're faster and their detection is like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 kilometers. 0. 0.7, 0. 0.7. 0. 0.7? Yep. So I'm like, great. Well, it's just another useless shimmy. Well, yeah. We'll have to wait to see if they actually put, implement it, but if they are going to implement it, the one thing I do know is in the same post they said about Torpedo Reload as a replacement for the Shimmer's Smoke, that I would definitely use. But is it going to be on the deep water only? This is like, it's all work in progress. So we're at this point, it's just speculation, speculation. We don't really know until, you know, they release more information about it. So we'll see. That's probably something that will happen after the new year. Yeah. All I know is that anytime that they make a change, there's people that automatically go through and they're like, no, this is bad. And I, I agree with a lot of these people on this one because you're definitely taking out one boat. His ability, if there's only three battleships in a game, which happens quite a bit at tier 10, uh, you're only effective against three people and then you turn into a gunboat. So if you set up a shimmy as a gunboat, then maybe we'll talk. But other than that, it's going to be worthless. It's mostly true to try and at least give some some usage to those twenty kilometers because I don't think rarely anybody uses them because of their enormous detection range. That's actually not true. You you say that I use the twenty k. I was going to say everyone I, I spoke, use them all the time. Everyone I've spoken to <laughs> that plays the Shimokaze, every single one of them uses the twenty k torps because it catches people out. Because <laughs> I don't expect to see torpedoes in the middle of goddamn nowhere i've been subject to 20ks before and i think it's just the fact that all oh, these guys will run out and they don't we i'm sure a lot of us have been sub. i mean in my missouri i can't count how many times i'm like these are gonna run out these are gonna run out next thing i know i just take two shimmy torps that's like for the problem with those 20k torps is they're basically the lays potato chips of the torpedo world you don't just eat one you end up eating like you know half of them yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know, it's going to be interesting because i do i do think they need to change the shimmer in some way i think the shimmer's fine yeah i think it's effective it's effective at uh, if you if you set it up as a gunboat, it's an effective gunboat. If you want to play torps, it's an effective torpedo boat. F threes are ridiculous and hard to hard to. In do. fairness, uh, the closest DD and tier I have to Shimakaze is I think the Farragut. Actually, all the others are in tier six, <laughs> so it's the only thing. I just I don't think I don't find the Shimakaze that impressive. That's the thing, though. It's not impressive in... It's not hybrid, per se. It's more of a torpedo boat rather than, say, gunboat or, you know, a hybrid. But it's like 
you can spec it for a torpedo and it's amazing it's very competitive at tier 10 um when it's a torpedo boat but if you try to make it into a hybrid or a gunboat i would say it's not it wouldn't be very competitive with the other ships and when you have the gearing and when you have um the cabrosk which is pretty much a pure gunboat i would say use it to its strength which is a as a torpedo boat and it's very effective we can say that with any ship use it to its strength that goes for everything it doesn't really help a lot of people of course but i mean with with the battleship you know population that we currently have in this meta uh, shima with you know with f3s very very effective you know just dump a bunch of uh torps in a cap and it's not like you're gonna miss any of them you have three sets the problem with that one just comes down to getting too close you have to get within at the very max eight kilometers well sorry at the least eight kilometers and max 5.9 yep have about two kilometer gap to put those down now obviously these things are the fastest torpedoes in the game and most likely can catch anybody out and you know wreck them but you still have to get very close and that that hampers any escape route that you might need to take should you have run into opposition you didn't expect to be yeah i don't see me using them i I think it's too risky especially we've, we've talked about it before like the moment i have to use my guns i'm screwed yeah i know it's high risk high reward i think uh we've covered enough shima topic related stuff I'm really looking forward to this new port, uh, the German port Hamburg. Have you guys seen some of the pictures or the video that's... It's a new port. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's an aesthetic that doesn't really hamper the gameplay at all. It's it's beautiful. It looks gorgeous, but... I'll I'll give it that. It does look great. I did see the kind of preview video that Wargaming put out. And it does look like an amazing port. It looks... I did notice they used the uh, snow-covered camo for the Gruff Spray for uh, said video. I was more impressed with the camo than the port myself, if I'm totally <laughs> But the thing is, is I always have a mod that has uh, the Zypangu uh, port uh, at night. It's usually one I have. Because mm-hmm. that, that port at night looks amazing. We're creatures of habit, man. Yeah. Some people find the ones that they really enjoy and they stick to them no matter what comes out. Or mm-hmm. some people just don't really care. And they'd be like, oh, it's a new port. There it is. Boom. Look, looks great. Halloween port is amazing. It looks awesome. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm the type of person, they update the port. They automatically sh- switch to that port. I'm the type of guy that's pissed off because they changed my goddamn port. That's my port. I want to watch this one, not your new one. I like the ones that are quiet. Like I, w- I was a big fan of the Dunkirk one when it came out. I thought it looked amazing, but I couldn't stand, you know, when I'm doing my stream and I'm in port and I'm talking to viewers to hear that constant battle noise in the background. I'm like, I just can't take it. Yeah, there, there should have been an option to turn that sound off, I think. I totally understand that, uh, Volgar. It, it did drive me crazy too, I'd say. <laughs> you're, not, you're not alone in that. I do agree. That was a really good port. It's back and uh, it's available for everybody. So, yeah, if if you like it, if it's your thing, you know, that's the thing about it. You know, everybody has their preference of ports, and 
there's a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, we have every type, and we were missing a German port, and voila, now we have an absolutely gorgeous German port coming in. Yeah, I think we got at least one port for every, I guess, major nation at this point. Well, where it's kind of come in handy for me is, I mean, I'm, I haven't been doing a lot of them that much recently, but when I do release like a new video or something for, uh, say, my YouTube channel, like if, I, if, I'm, if I'm testing a new ship and I put out a new preview video or whatever, I like to use uh the port that kind of goes with the ship that i when i'm making like a background thumbnail for the video uh-huh and like lately i was using using ones for I, I i did i recently did one a second video for the for the cesare and i just made one about a week ago for the new one that i'm testing the roma and i'm going through the ports and i'm like there's really nothing for italy here what do i want to use <laughs> it's an easy answer just go get the bathtub <laughs> that that's a fun port though. I I actually used that for a while and then I found the Saipangu at night. I've been using that since. It'll probably change it at some point. Saipangu is usually what I use. Uh I actually I actually like these anime ports, man. They're pretty legit. Yeah, I've used them too. Well, all of 2016, I had uh, Yokosuka. If I if I go into uh, getting a mod pack or something, I'll throw a different board in there. So, but for the most part, I haven't been playing with mods the last two weeks, and I haven't, it hadn't really bothered me. I like the dry dock. I've been finding that very aesthetically pleasing to look at the ship out of water. That had an interesting effect for me. I know for a fact there's at least one other person that had the same thing. I look at that ship, it's weird not seeing the ship, like, bobbing up and down. And it wasn't until someone mentioned it that it started bothering me. <laughs> now I can't use that port. It's a really weird thing. What's always driven me nuts in games and other pictures, like, in stuff that you see online, you tend to, your brain forgets when you view these ships in the water that you seem to think that the ship stops at the waterline. mm like the, like it's flat sitting on top of the water and there's nothing under there. So when you see a ship in dry dock and you see that when it's in the water, you're really only seeing about half of it. There's a whole another half below the surface of the water and you're like, yeah. geez, this thing looks fatter than I remember it. What's going on? When it's like uh, HMS Belfast, um, the obviously the engine is usually right at the bottom. It's the heaviest, one of the heaviest parts of the ship. So it's for stability. That lowest deck is actually 35 feet below the surface of the waterline. Mm -hmm. like, and I tell you what, if anyone gets a chance to go to a ship museum, be that Belfast, Iowa, um, yeah, I'm out anything. of that list already. <laughs> anything, it doesn't, Wisconsin. it doesn't matter. You know, Missouri, North Carolina, whatever it is. I should just go in because it puts the size of the ships in the game into some serious perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very true. I've, I've been to several museum ships, and I still have a few on my list to the future that I'd like to make it to, but yeah. uh, you're absolutely right. When you see them in person, like you don't realize how big they really are until you're standing near one. Well, yeah. It's, uh, I, went to, I went to London uh, about a week ago, and uh, I just happened to go part, take a little detour, went past HMS Belfast. I then looked at it in the game, it's just like, this does not do this ship justice at all. 
and then you switch to something like the Iowa, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Holy fuck, that thing's big!" It is very big. We went to uh, we went to the Iowa. Me and UK. Deep- I would love to do that if I ever go to America. I do want to see one of the battleships because the UK doesn't have any battleships. Yeah, they had to scrap them for the uh, all the all the uh, precious metal. Um, yeah, and considering how much debt they had accrued because of the war. Hmm. The the Belfast was the only ship that they kept, wasn't it? Uh, what from the Second World War? At least from the time period. There's a there's uh, a few from before. Actually, no, no, there's, no, 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 no. there's there's some destroyers and stuff that they kept. There's a few around. From the time of the war itself, most of our naval museums, a lot of them are newer destroyers or submarines. At least in terms of military, you'll find a lot of submarines in the UK. Um, but as for actual ships, there's a few destroyers. I think, yeah, I think Belfast is the only, I guess, significant ship class. I'm not really sure how to word that. Unfortunately, most of our ships ended up getting either scrapped or sunk. Talking about um, ship museums, uh, as you guys have been seeing recently, World of Warships has partnered with Project Valor to raise um, funds for USS Texas, the museum in um, uh, Galveston, or uh, close to it, yeah. Houston. Yeah, pretty much by Houston. Yeah, pretty much by Houston, and uh, the worldwide World of Warships community has raised over two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. It's, I mean, it's huge. Yeah, that's massive. <laughs> I don't know what um, World of Warships was expecting to raise, but I mean, this is going to go a long way in preserving this uh, piece of history. I, get, I, I encourage the people out there to go and check out that video Trevzor did while he was on there, while he was on the Texas. That was a fantastic video and getting to see what exactly they were doing by cutting things out. And they were saying that you could drop a wrench or drop a screwdriver and pierce the hole. That's how, that's how bad it, it's gotten. Well, I think the problem that a lot of people don't realize is the people that haven't been there, when you, if you search the USS Texas online, most of the pictures you will see are exterior photos of it, mm-hmm. ones that people have taken, you know, while they're standing outside looking at it. And it looks pretty normal from the outside. I mean, there really isn't a whole lot of like surface damage. It isn't until you get inside the ship that you see it's really in bad shape. Did anyone, uh, I believe it was Wargaming that sent them as like a promotional thing, but Demolition Ranch actually went to Texas. I even went inside one of the turrets, which is normally off limits to visitors. The entire interior of that ship is rust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that video. It's like, that was interesting. It actually shows you pretty well on just how, how much of a bad condition that thing is in. Which is a shame, because it's only the, what is it, it's the last Dreadnought-class ship in the world, isn't it? She she needs a lot of uh, TLC. It really needs to be put in dry dock, but they, they need to do work to it before it can do that, because right now, the only thing... I mean, I, I, I'd be afraid of trying to take it out of the water because it might crumble under its own weight. I was going to say, they'll probably sling a few ropes over it, try to put it out, and it'll just break in two. It's definitely something they're working on, and um, what our community has raised is uh, going to go a long way. 
as you guys know, the Vampires released both on the premium store and as a reward for a campaign. I've gotten mine. I haven't played it yet. I've seen some people play it. It looks very fun. Um, what have you guys have you guys taken it out yet? Have you guys gotten it? What's where are you guys at right now? It's my favorite tier three ship, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> I've actually had it since early October because Wargaming gave it to me to test, and I've had it the whole time. And I play it all the time. I love that thing. At tier three, when you're fighting against a, at maximum, you're fighting against a Clemson, and that's probably the biggest threat that you have. It's it's an amazing. The guns are ridiculously. Fun. I uh, I'm gonna raise my hand. I haven't played a lot of warships. It took me a while to get through the missions, but I have unlocked the ship. I haven't um like you, Heather. I've unlocked the ship. I haven't actually played it yet. So uh, I don't know. I haven't even seen people play it because I'm busy. No, it's everybody just goes through you know that kind of time. I'm in that phase now of I really don't care. <laughs> I, I, there's so many better things I could be doing in my time. It's like you have so much IRL stuff to yeah. do. Yeah, that uh, it's on. understandable, but it's definitely you know you know if they continue with the Commonwealth line, if fingers crossed. Getting back to the vampire, it's it's an amazing boat. Highly recommend it. It's only got three torpedoes on the side, so you're a pure gunboat, and you are going to do some pretty awesome things. I think the second game I played in it, it was cracking. It was, uh, you know, eighty, ninety thousand at tier three is stupid. Doomluck, uh, have you gotten the uh, vampire? What are, what's your uh... vampire? Yeah, yes, I have gotten the vampire. Have you played it? Yet? It's good boat. <laughs> yes. I will take that as a yes. Oh, perfect. You're talking about it like it's a bloody dog. <laughs> you good boat. You lay down. I mean, now. clearly. <laughs> I mean, you, you clearly haven't seen the re- angry YouTuber reviews of of the ship by uh, Little White Mouse and how that how she scales them now. Garbage, mad boat, good boat, and overpowered. <laughs> no, I didn't know about that. They've yeah, uh, Vamp is really uh, really fun. You would think get one torpedo launching an issue but it actually doesn't come into play as much considering how her guns are laid out and how they perform because you can get with like barely an angle three guns firing forward the third turret is uh 360 degree rotating so you've got plenty of range of movement on that uh you have pretty good angle on the fourth gun not as good obviously but they have a good rate of fire I think if I remember the fastest here, I'd only fight could reload and get that 4.5 with a BFT. And they have pretty decent fire start. It's pretty fun. It's it's a little it's a little seal clubber. Had I had a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I'll agree with you as far as the torpedoes go, because even though it only has one rack of three torpedoes, it doesn't feel like it's lacking in the torpedo department. I've gotten many, many ship kills with torpedoes alone, and it just, if anything, it teaches you to be a little bit more conservative with them and use them when they're necessary instead of just spamming torps out there and hoping you hit something. There's your teachable moment. You don't have to blow both your racks. Especially, especially <laughs> when you only have one. The vampire's only got one torpedo too. Can you single fire the torpedoes? Yes. 
Yes, you can single Actually, thread. it's kind of funny. It has the two spreads it has are wide yeah, and single. It's wide. And we're talking Very interesting. widespread tor- they're, they're they're talking like if you've got a smoke if you've got a smoke screen in front of you with like fifteen people in it, exaggeration, obviously. Just throw it. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, you'll just miss everything. I don't think I've ever used it in widespread. I single fire them. I think I've used it once or twice, and mostly that was just firing it at smoke screens. I think I may have gotten one hit, maybe. It's pretty fun. You know, back in um, episode one, we talked about what the inspiration for our names are. What about you guys? Uh, how did you guys come up with your names and, you know, what's the inspiration behind it? Go ahead, Venom. Well, back in the year 2000, <clears throat> I was uh, part of a, I guess it was a chat, and there was an old website that's, I, I'm assuming it's funk now. I haven't been over the years. Uh, and I, playing games, playing hearts and spades, and then got bored of playing that one day and just popped in one of the social chats and saw all these people with sir and lady and then IK at the end of their name. And I was like, yo, what's all this about? And I got involved and uh, they accepted me in and it's been Sir Venom for 17 years. Long time. Yeah, Quite a long time. Uh, what about you, Vulgar? Mine actually, it's it's underwent a change within the last couple of years. Um, my original online gaming handle actually was Violent J, um, just because here we'll give you guys an exclusive. My real first name is Jason, so oh, I, I went under the name Violent J for a long time. Here, I thought um, you were a were an ICP fan. <laughs> and that see that was the problem. Um, uh, it drew a lot of attention from people figuring it was a reference to the insane clown posse. And eventually after about 15 years of hearing that I, you know, and people would use it as a weapon against me. They're like, they would say bad things about ICP, like trying to get under my skin. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm sick of this name drawing this kind of attention. So I changed it to Volgar the Viking because one of my family heritage and the other was the actual the game volgar the viking it's basically just a play on that uh-huh. that's awesome <laughs> there's a lot of history behind the names it's you know it's not like just a made-up kind of thing well i mean uh, you think about it your name is your identity online i mean like i know uh shadow sins guy lives in my town we work together uh i don't call him his real name it's yo shadow what's up and that's and that's that's our relationship and that's how i know this guy anymore uh-huh. and i him uh him and his wife met playing uh world of warcraft and i don't think i've ever heard her call him by his real name and i've known them for since 2009 wow that brings up uh the topic what's your guys's all-time favorite uh game Ah, there's so mm. many, so many good ones. For me, it's kind of, it changes over time. I go through phases, but I think, I mean, one game that I have constantly come back to over, I mean, I've been game, I, I started playing video games in like 1980 when I was like three years old when my dad bought me an Atari 2600. So that gives you an idea of my age. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but, uh, I uh, 
I mean, I've, I've been gaming long, long, long time, but if there's one game that I constantly come back to, that's one of my guilty pleasure games that when I'm, when I'm just wanting to, to relax and not worry about anything and just play for fun, it's Donkey Kong, the original arcade version. Uh, as for me, uh, I keep floating back into dungeon, dungeon crawlers, loot, loot, loot based games, uh, Diablo path. Those are kind of my core. Uh, it's something with an RPG element that gives me a nice long grind that I can focus on for several. There's not one in particular. How did you guys get started, you know, streaming on Twitch then? Go for it, Volgar. I went first on the name thing. <laughs> um, I totally missed the boat on Twitch back when it was, what was real, Dustin TV originally back in the day. Um, never paid it any attention at all. Even back when I was, I believe it or not, there's, there was a time when I was more heavily involved in gaming more so than I am now. Um, but, uh, I actually discovered Twitch back when the Xbox one came out. Cause I used to be a bigger console gamer. I actually didn't start PC gaming until about two years ago. Um, and I discovered Twitch through the Xbox one because the app came preloaded on the system. And I remember seeing it and thinking, what what is this? You know, I was playing a game and it, the game and the system recommended, oh, would you like to watch it on this? And I said, all right, I'll check it out. And I was looking at the screen of uh, the game that I was wanting to preview, and there's this dude sitting on the couch, like staring at me while the game is running. I'm like, what what the hell am I looking at? And somehow, I ended up, you know, getting into it myself. I what really have is I have some real life friends of mine. They they play it there. They started up a Twitch channel themselves. Give them a little shout out to the Eight Bit Legends. I know those guys. Um, they uh, I started uh, watching them on Twitch, and I thought this is kind of a neat little platform. And I just gave gave it a try one time. Once I discovered that some of the streaming software was free sourced, you know, like OBS, I was like I'll just check this out and see if I like it. And I got addicted, and it turned into like a six day a week thing for me. <laughs> it still is. After two years, it's been fun to watch. What about you, Venom? How 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 did you get started on the whole? Uh... Boy, uh, let's see. I've been streaming on Twitch for four years now. Uh, I want to say that I was playing League of Legends with my friends, and they were like, "Yo, the LCS is on Twitch," and I was like, "Oh, what's Twitch?" And got watching the LCS one one year, and then I was like, "I don't want to play." I don't want to watch League of Legends all the time. So I started trolling around the Diablo 3 and uh, seen a guy named Mori Kiopa. I'll never forget this guy. Just one of the funniest dudes I've ever met playing Diablo 3. And I got involved with uh, involved in his stream. And then another guy started streaming and was actually able to be a part of his stream. And then uh, that guy kind of crumbled. And I started getting emails and messages from people to start up a show. And I was like, I don't know. Then my boy Shadow Sins, uh, Shadow Sins shows up at my house and he says, here, here's a computer, start streaming. And, <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, so we were off to the races from there, man. It's been, a long, <laughs> been a long, hard road. We did uh, Diablo for a solid year, and then we went to Path of Exile for a year, back to Diablo for six months, and then now we are here on World of Warship last year and a half. Nice. Wow. Volgar. So did you ever think that before you started Twitch streaming that people would actually tune in to watch you play a video game of all things? No. 
Now I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why they do now. <laughs> I, uh, I, I never, never in a million years thought that I could uh, turn this hobby into it's it's for me with with my schedule that I keep and also with the the content that I try to produce and everything. It's it's almost turned into a second full time job and. I never thought that I would gain one. When I first started streaming, I thought I'm going to be happy if I get 100 followers. That's just going to be amazing. And before I know it, 100 turned into 500 and 500 turned into a thousand. And I thought, what, what is happening? <laughs> and it's every day. It's just amazing. And I try to tell my viewers every time that I'm so thankful to each and every one of them. Cause they're the reason why I'm still doing it. That's absolutely right. I know, uh, I remember it was a good six months before I hit 800 followers. And I said, all right, well, if we hit 800 followers, I'll do a 24-hour stream. Within the next three weeks, I had 1,600 followers. It just doubled. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And it's a snowball. You start, you get going, and you get on this high, and it snowballs. And you just, just ride it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Keep putting it out there. I almost quit at one point because I thought that I had gone stagnant, like between like, once I hit like 300 followers, it seemed like I went probably a month where I got maybe 10 followers. If I was lucky, there was like, nobody was coming. I would, I would do streams and I had maybe 10 people watching me if I was lucky. And I thought, you know, maybe I just don't have it. Maybe they're not finding me entertaining anymore. And, you know, if, you know, if, I'm, if nobody's watching, then I could just be playing games by myself and not, you know, broadcasting it. So what am I doing? And uh, another streamer told me, he said, well, because I, I actually put out a tweet that I said, I don't know if this streaming thing is going to work out. And he private messaged me and he's like, no, he goes, just give it some time. He goes, you're coming into a period where, you know, it, it, there's, kids that are going to be like getting out of college for the summer and all that. He goes, you're in a lull right now. He goes, but it's going to pick back up. He goes, you're good at this. Just stick with it. And like a month later, like Venom said, the numbers just started snowballing. It was, I was, it picked right back up and I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong. That's right. Uh, that's a, one thing that I'd like to tell people. It's like, look, it, streaming is a roller coaster. You're going to ride the highs as long as you, and then you're going to survive the low times until that next comes up because as soon as it goes down it's going to turn around eventually and come back up so you can't be depressed you just keep going in that case the, the next question because venom i know you started off with diablo before you came over mm -hmm. the warships, didn't you? diablo 3 yes sir yeah so what ended up making you come number one why did you end up leaving diablo like briefly and what ended up getting you into the whole world of warships side of it and going, well, there's a lot going of, down that roller coaster. <laughs> well, there's a lot of factors of why I left the 28 minute rant things that they've done. And I saw the, the game going a direction that I didn't enjoy. Uh, so I made the conscious decision to take, just step away from it and then do something else for a little while. I did you know, we went from that dungeon style to path of exile. And then when I came back, we, I did it for six months. I played two fall seasons just to give it another shot. And I didn't see anything change from the time for that whole year that I left. Nothing changed. It was still the same uh, regurgitation of more of the same content. It just became not fun anymore to me. And uh, so one day we were playing. Uh, and I remember 
World of Warships in closed beta. I had, I applied for closed beta for more gaming, and I wasn't was not able to get into the closed betas. But I always had that in the back of my head. And then when I found out that it had been released uh, for open play, then I decided, okay, well, now is the time to change and shift after playing and having a time. And people showed up, and people show up. You keep doing what people show up. Vulgar, you recently you became a community contributor. You know mm-hmm. what was the process like and has it affected what you do oh totally and i'm still to this day i've I've been a community contributor now for wargaming since um, i believe it was right around the end of september so it's been about four months and uh when it first came about the idea first got put in my head um not quite a year ago when I was invited as a Twitch streamer to take part in one of uh, Wargaming's community contributor events that they were streaming that I believe Ship Comrade put it on, where he, he organized a whole bunch of streamers and Wargaming employees and other CCs and just everybody played a series of matches against each other. And once I started doing that, I was kind of like, okay, well, well, that was a lot of fun and you know apparently somebody's actually paying attention to what i'm doing in world of warships if i get invited to something like that so i just kind of i kept my ear to the ground with uh, on the forums and just waited for I, I i had talked to a couple of the developers a couple of times and said you know expressed an interest and they had told me they're like well believe it or not we've been watching you and should a spot become available then you you know you might be considered I thought, all right. And, and and honestly, there was a couple of times where I put it right out of my head where I was like, yeah, well, they're just blowing smoke. This is never going to happen. And then one day they messaged me and they said, well, you know, we're going to offer you this. This is what's expected. This is what you're going to need to do. And do you agree to these terms? And I discussed it with my family. And because, I mean, there was things like I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement and things like that because there's mm-hmm. certain things I can talk about and certain things I can't. I get I get asked all the time. I had one of my viewers <laughs> ask me the other day about content in the game. They're like, hey, do you know if this is coming? Do you know if this is coming? And I'm like, look, I, I know you think that I've got my finger on the pulse and all that, but most of the time unless wargaming says you can go ahead and talk about this then i'm going to pretend like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> so, uh-huh so um i don't know uh, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's been an amazing ride so far and i'm really grateful to wargaming and specifically super nico power because he told me that um a lot of the 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 CCs anyway on the North American server, he handpicks, and he specifically wanted me, and that meant the world to me. And I thank him as often as I remember to about it because it still still boggles my mind every day that I've been given this opportunity, and I just think it's amazing to be involved with a game that I have devoted this much time to. I must say, you've done very well with it. Your videos formative. Well, thank. Thank you. I know what you mean with that non-disclosure stuff now, Volgar. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys uh, didn't know, uh, Doomlock uh, recently became a wiki editor. Uh-huh. He also has to sign an NDA. 
Yeah, so I'm sitting. So any any of the the stuff when we're talking about new ships, I'm just like reads the dev blog, doesn't go any further. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll admit I haven't seen either of your your streams personally before. Um, I'll have to remedy that at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm supposing Venom, you have a camera, a uh, web camera for your live stream. I'm guessing. Yes, sir. So was it ever like? difficult to find like get on like get on a camera and share that when you're on when you're streaming and stuff uh well the first probably month month and a half i didn't have a camera well when i started uh streaming so i would sit there in my you know no shirt on and you know (laughs) basically just sit there half naked and stream and uh i remember one of the guys was, hey, uh, what do you need for your stream? And I was like, oh, whatever you guys want. I mean, what do I, what do I need? And they was like, you need a camera. So they, they sent me a camera. And then from then on, it was like, I've already known these people. They know who I am. Boom, there I am. Uh, so it really was, it was a pretty easy transition from not having to have it. See. What about you, Volgar? I had a camera, like, right from the start. It was this old, like, piece of crap Logitech camera that a guy that I worked with gave to me because it was just something he had lying around his office. And it was it's probably, like, from the time when the internet first appeared that somebody said, hey, let's hook up a camera. I mean, it was, it was just terrible. And, uh, but then I eventually upgraded. I had a... Uh, real life friend of mine who was very supportive of my early days of streaming decided that I needed one of the new, you know, Logitech, uh, high definition cameras. So he, he bought me one for Christmas. And once I had that, I was like, well, now I need a green screen because now that I have a camera, I have to do cool things with it. So, (laughs) and it just, it just ballooned from there. I mean, it's for anybody listening that has considered uh, streaming as even a hobby, I will tell you that at some point in your life, if you let it, it can become consuming of not only your time, but of your wallet. I mean, my first year, I think I ended up investing close to $3,000 in between my computer and all of my other equipment. I sunk a lot of money into my stream. But there's a lot of there's a lot of workarounds money wise. Like I I first started paying for XSplit because OBS would just crash on me. I I don't understand what's going on. Uh, then it became okay. Now I need this. Now I need this. I need a microphone. I need a better microphone. I need a headset so I can hear and not have outdoor speakers where it just reverberates on each other. I haven't spent that much. I haven't spent no three grand, but it definitely. Uh, over the over the course of time, it does kind of add up because now I need a second monitor. Definitely need a second monitor. Uh, now I'm looking getting a third monitor. You know, just kind of slow upgrades here, and then at some point in time, you got to upgrade your system again. Now, well, that was my yeah. my my biggest money sink was I I didn't have the patience to. I used to build computers as a hobby, but I didn't have the patience to do it this time. I wanted it now, now, now. So I, like two years ago, I went out and bought a brand new like Lenovo Y nine hundred gaming computer that's like had all the bells and whistles. That was fifteen hundred dollars. Um, is it ever? Does, is it ever hard for you guys to, you know, turn on the webcam? And do you guys ever want to have a stream where it's just a game, you know? It's not, it, 
Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think what he's is there any ever any time where you just want to turn the camera off and just stream that one? One of the sort of things that you actually look forward to that you just you sat there and you just were like, I gotta stream. Like I wanna stream this. Like what what are your favorite parts of streaming? Uh well I mean just getting in there and having a chat and having a having a conversation with, with other people. Uh the streaming for me, and this kind of goes into another one of your topics, so I'll keep it brief and then expand on it later. But streaming was cathartic for me. And there's a whole long story behind reasons another other reasons why I started streaming, but having the ability to get out there and have like-minded people that are there just to hang out and just relax. That is something that's been so fantastic about streaming and what I enjoy and why I want to turn it on. I I agree completely. I mean, that's for me, I, the whole reason I do it is for the interaction with the audience. I mean, I, I could be sitting here playing games regardless one way or another. The reason I stream is because I want to be in a room with a bunch of people that are interested in what I'm doing and have questions or have stories and just want to sit there and discuss. I, I love the interaction with my viewers when, when they get quiet and they go, go into lurker mode, I'm usually the first person to be like, Hey, you guys haven't said anything in a while. What's going on? You're plotting against me. You know what's happening here? Because I, I want to, I want those conversations happening. It makes the game more fun for me. Oh yeah, definitely. Makes, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Venom. Um, what do you like to do when you're not streaming or I don't ever, I don't really do a whole lot. Uh, and that well, that goes back to the other bit why I, I am streaming. But streaming right now with the family and the way the way that life is going right now, streaming is the only thing that I, I rarely go out of the house anymore. I rarely do anything other than show up on the stream and then take care of my kids when they get home from school. And it's <laughs> other than that, man, I really don't do much anymore. Do you guys have uh, any tips for somebody who wants to? get into streaming world of warships or gaming in general um one piece of advice that i try to tell everybody i mean i i've had viewers come to me and say hey i'm i'm thinking about streaming you know what do you think and i always try to tell people um just make sure if you're if you're gonna stream pick something that you're gonna stream because you want to because your viewers are immediately going to pick up on whether you're real or whether you're being a phony and just be yourself and try to enjoy what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, your viewers aren't going to have fun either. I'd agree with that. Uh, Some of the tips that I give people, um, if they're going to play world of warships, well, if they're going to stream world of warships is enjoy yourself and be interact chat play with your viewers because if you play with your viewers then they will come back to play more and that that leads to community building and community building is absolutely key for a streamer building a set core of people that you know are going to show up every day uh that that and then get involved with their lives ask them how their day's been ask them you know if they have an issue follow up with it man really get to know people yeah exactly uh that that's the biggest part i've seen that about twitch streaming 
interaction with with the viewers. That's the biggest thing about it because it's live interaction as opposed to any YouTube video where it's after the fact. And I think I think it goes it goes a little bit further than that too. I mean, like not just the interaction, but you have nowadays the attention span of kids or, or adults or any of that is you have maybe 15, 20 seconds to engage these people who come into your channel. So the biggest tip that I can give always, always, always have something going on. Uh, even if it's your chat or if it's your voice comms or whatever, always have something going on so they are immediately engaged when they come into you. Because if not, then the worst thing that I see is I go in and I troll around. Everybody does it. Trolls around the lower the lower people to see what's up and coming. And and those people that are just sitting there absolutely quiet, mm -hmm. it it's I'm like, man, you gotta say something. Yep. And yeah, thank you. You 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 touched on something. That was the other thing I was gonna say. It's exactly you just keep talking. Just keep talking. And I <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head, Venom. I that I've seen that so many times where and like you said, I I go into channels and I, I, I like to go into the channels where I see that a, a streamer only has like maybe one or two viewers. Cause I want to see, is this person got something, you know, because I try to help out newer people. Maybe I want to throw this guy a host when I finish up my stream sometime. And, and if they're just sitting there, just playing the game and just staring and they're not talking, even if, it's, even if you don't have anyone in your channel, the biggest thing is they just need to remember to keep talking no matter what you're doing when you're streaming even if you've got one per even if you've got no one in your channel just keep talking you've got an internal monologue going on in your head everybody does when you're playing a game you're thinking about what your next move is going to be it's just natural we're all doing it you need to vocalize what you're thinking about because eventually somebody's going to come in and they're going to pay attention if you're speaking. That's one thing that I did. I remember this because somebody brought it up on the, on the channel recently is I was just there. There's maybe 10 people in the channel back playing Diablo three. And uh, it was, a, it was early in the stream. So it was kind of a slow, slow part of the stream. And I was just sitting there, you know, how I, if you guys ever watch the channel, I mumble along with the songs and blah, blah, blah. And then I popped off one and that's how I stopped world war three. And some guy had just popped in there when I heard that. And he was like, wait, tell me this story again. So I had to go and make up some kind of BS story about how I stopped World War III. And, and I haven't seen that guy in a while because he's one of those, I only watch Diablo. But uh, but I, he came into the chat. The other, you remember how you stopped World War III? So I had to go through that story all over again. It was, it was, it was interesting. People, people remember that stuff. As being a regular in your stream, I can say that does not surprise me at all that you did something. <laughs> Is there uh, anything that you guys want to promote um, other other than your streams, of course, which we will uh, provide the links. Um, for the I mean, this isn't promotion already for your streams? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to promote my stream. I was going to promote, guys, y'all got to go check out Volgar. Viking. <laughs> He's That's amazing. Not, I was gonna do the same thing. Like, hey, if you haven't seen Sir Venom, like, hey, yeah, this guy's pretty good. He's up and comer. He's, he's learning the business. Yeah, we're learning. We're learning. Uh, <laughs> sounds pretty similar to to a couple people in here doing a po doing podcasts. We're learning. <laughs> Are we learning? 
They don't need to know that. Our next segment, which is Tell Me Something I Don't Know. Um, for the listeners who are not familiar with this segment, it's one of our interactions um, with our guests where they have one minute to go on the World of Worship's official wiki and find an interesting fact. That fact will be judged by us three hosts on whether it's demonstrably true and if we find you know the fact very interesting so um are you guys ready sure and go ahead one minute yeah so i was gonna insert i was gonna say we need to insert the jeopardy music now while we're waiting uh yeah i was gonna go for elevate music well well elevator music does work too yeah well i mean would you wouldn't wouldn't you say Jeopardy music is then elevator music as well? Alrighty, time is up. Time is up. So uh, something I found interesting on the wiki page about my favorite in the channel favorite the USS Atlanta is that the original design for the USS Atlanta didn't have five inch guns. It was a mixture of five and six inch gun mounts. Mm. Whoa! I did not know that. All right, vulgar. The thing that I found. Uh, was the fact that, and like, like, like I said, this is this is kind of self-serving almost. Is I didn't even realize that um, there's actually a community contributors link on the wiki. It's under the, <laughs> under the information thing. You can scroll to the bottom of the main page underneath where the premium ships are, and under information, there's one for community contributors where every server has a listing for everybody, whether it's YouTube. Uh, uh, Twitch or the forums and all that, and it's got everybody listed. So, well, that is demonstratively true. What <laughs> <laughs> cool question? Are you on that list? I am. Volgar is on that list. You are correct. Always good to double check. <laughs> I'd probably have to raise a stink if I was and be like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware of this section of, of the uh, wiki, considering that if you scroll down enough on that section, I'm on it. <laughs> hey, you are! Look at that! Yeah, because you put because there's the YouTube section first, obviously, because it's most no most widely used. Um, then you got the podcast with Menaceria, Kami, and Kelorn, and all the Twitch guys, including you, Volgar, obviously, fan site, and then Mouse on the forums, and then all the wiki staff. Yeah, I must just say that. Mouse is Mouse is an amazing. She does more work than I think any than like all of us CCs combined. Like her her research is amazing. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, from what shout I've, out to Mouse. From from what I've heard from her and seen, yeah, she, she she puts so so much work into them. It's not even funny. And she's assisted so many of like I I actually when I was doing my video recently on the Romo uh, the Roma the Romo <laughs> inside. <laughs> I won't go into please that. Don't, please don't. Please <laughs> don't. Uh, when I was doing my video on the Roma, um, I made the mistake when I got it to test, I immediately started putting the upgrades and everything on it that I knew I was going to want to use. And I forgot to write down its base stats first. So I messaged Mouse on the, the, the Discord that we have for the CCs. And I said, hey, do you happen to have this information? She's like, oh, I can get it real quick. I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And she <laughs> like, brought it right up for me. I'm like, oh, you saved my ass on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the wiki sometimes has that too. Uh, 
when they're in the uh, live server and stuff like that, when the community contributors and stuff get it, usually there's a base page that'll have like at least the base stats of the ship. If I remember, it, mo- most of the time you can look in on like the Italy section, you can see Roma's there. Mm-hmm. The community contributor is that link is actually very. It's new. It's it's one of the newer um, additions to the uh, wiki. Yeah, it's it was added. Um, I'm trying to remember when when it was added. It wasn't added too long ago it was only about a month or two uh actually maybe more like three months i could probably figure it i mean i just realized when i was looking through it that um, the information that's on there about me i actually wrote myself which explains to me why wargaming said hey we need you to write up a little description about yourself that's apparently what they needed it for (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh so who won Wasn't even close. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you you know what's not on that list, Volgar? What's that? Me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on that list. Soon. You should be. Hey, uh, if any of you guys are listening, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly, cut that bit out. You you got my vote. It's It's hard, but I do... I do like um, Volgar's attempt. I should say I I knew this existed, but I I never looked at it, and now I'm actually looking at it, and it's very interesting to see <laughs> this information. So, uh, oh, there's some good stuff in those little yeah. blurbs about each all the people. You should really yeah, check them out. That's- that's exactly yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many interesting little cool things about the. Uh, community contributors and the wiki people um, that it's very very interesting to say, um, to say the least so I vote for Volgar Thunder I'll let you go first yeah I'm kind of voting for Volgar too if it, if it's majority vote Volgar wins but I'm going I was going to go with the Atlanta uh, Atlanta part because well I may or I kind of already do about that <laughs> if it wasn't <laughs> obvious <laughs> This is where you you say you're the one that put it on there. Oh, my my <laughs> section? Yes, I totally put that on there. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily like a majority vote, but the reason why we find it very interesting <laughs> or why, um, you know, it's tell me something oh, yeah. I don't know, you know. It's a very nice, useful feature if you're trying to figure out, okay, you know, who's, who's community contributors? Where are they? What do they do? Jesus, you guys had to play who is your daddy and what does he do for community contributor? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. I feel like that's a joke. You'd be surprised at how many players like have no idea what the community contributors are or, or that we even exist. I still oh, yeah. get people when I go into the game and I'm trying out a new ship and I'll have I'll have a player message me in game. They're like, oh, what is that? And I'll tell them, I'm so oh, it's the ship that's being tested. Well, how did you get it? I'm a community contributor. And they're like, what's that? Never mind. Come come watch me on my Twitch channel and I'll show you. <laughs> Shameless self promotion. You're missing. Thanks a lot, guys. Um that wraps up our episode there. Really appreciate you coming on. Of course, Volgar the Viking, Sir Venom IK. Their Twitch, Twitter will be included in the show notes. All the links and chips and ports and everything we talked about will be included in the show notes too. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for listening and thanks for 
thanks for coming out and joining us, Venom, Volgar. It's good mm -hmm. to have you. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's fun. Hey everybody, just like I said at the beginning of the episode, there is a giveaway. It's very simple. There's only three prizes, and it's a random drawing. Prize one, 90 days of premium and 25 Santa crates. Prize two, 30 days of premium time and 10 Santa crates. Prize three, 7 days of premium and 5 Santa crates. How do you enter? It's very simple. There will be a Rafflecopter link in the forum post for the podcast. All you have to do is three things. One, listen to a podcast episode. Gives you two entries. Two, follow Sir Venom IK. Gives you one entry. And three, follow Volgar Viking. Gives you another entry. Now, you can just listen to the podcast episode and just gives you two entries and on top of that you can follow those two guys and it gives you four total entries so you can have up to four entries in the giveaway um, make sure you share it with your friends and let everybody know about the hype who doesn't love free premium time and free Santa crates thanks for listening guys